On April 8, 1994, Kurt Cobain, the lead singer and guitarist of the rock band Nirvana, was found dead at his home in Seattle, Washington. Cobain's body was discovered in the greenhouse above the garage and his Lake Washington home by an electrician who came to install security lighting. Cobain had been missing for six days at this point. He was found with a suicide note and a 20-gauge shotgun was on his chest. Not everyone believes that Cobain's death was a suicide. This question continues to plague a generation of fans. everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. How did it feel? So we're doing this, we're doing a cold read today, but this is a famous person, and so I wouldn't even let Katie hear the intro that I did about this case or watch the video. She had her headphones turned down and she was turned away from the screen. How did that feel? Uh, weird. A lot of things. I was, first of all, just worried about not coming back on the air on time. But <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought, oh, crap. I'm, I hope you like count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it, though, thinking that, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, yeah, if it's a famous case and there are details that I might think I know, it's nice to come into it completely cold. So. That's why I wanted you to, because, you know, most of our cold reads are not cases we're super familiar with anyway. And so like hearing the person's name and a few details at the beginning doesn't skew the read. This case, it totally would. So Mm -hmm. Katie is completely flying blind, which I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be cool. (laughs) How are you otherwise? I am good. I had one of those days that I like was so full of energy this morning, you know, like got up early, took off like a rocket. And then by noon, you're like, okay, so that's over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did a whole day's worth of stuff in the morning. So now I get the afternoon off. I I really did. So anyway, I'm fine. For some reason, Mars and I are binging Grey's Anatomy. I've never watched it before. And holy Mm -hmm. hell, what a messed up bunch. Right? Yeah. I watched some of it and then I got kind of tired of the drama. It's like, this is like a soap opera. Kind of where I'm at too. Which I've not ever been a big fan of. So, my God, can these people please quit sleeping with each other and each other's spouses? And like, really? I mean, right. what? Anyway. Be adults. Be adults. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I need to switch over to Halloween Town or something. <laughs> How are you? Halloween Town. I'm good. That's really funny because I started watching Law and Order Criminal Intent from the beginning today. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Which I, of course, have watched many times after actually I watched a documentary about the case we're going to do today. Um, but I'm really good. I'm really enjoying. Um, I'm doing these uh, little short um, deathbed confession videos on our social media. So they're showing up on TikTok, Clapper, and our Instagram. They're so awesome. Go find those. Yeah, I've got I've done two of them and I'm going to try to do, you know, three or four of them a week. And they're, they've been really fun. Mm-hmm. So I've been having a good time with that and just researching like crazy. Um, we're doing a case. Mm-hmm. We have a Patreon coming out tomorrow mm-hmm. that, oh, this case has killed. I'm like, why did I pick this case? 
you ever feel that way when it's so complicated? And then I'm like, no, I'm not giving up. By God, I will do, the, you know, I will finish this case. But <laughs> well, you guys oh. might notice that uh, we did not do part two of Rajneesh Param. But because <laughs> For the um, very reason <laughs> because we're not going to because we hated it and uh, well, we tried really know. hard to get into part two of it and we didn't want to so here we are <laughs> you know I I don't like to give up mm -hmm. and I came close today but I think you know you're gonna want to watch um it is uh Beata uh Chapa who is a neo-nazi serial killer from germany mm. part of it was i have had to practice saying her name and some other names like a thousand times because oh man they're east german names and they are hard mm. and I, I, may, I still may not be quite on but i'm pretty close i think but that's coming out on patreon uh tomorrow well this is our Tuesday case. That's coming out on Patreon on Tuesday. So if you want to know about a neo-Nazi serial killer from East Germany, please, who uh, was active from 2000 to 2007. Oh, so recent. If you, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. This isn't old. This is, this is quite recent stuff. So if you want to know about her and everything that went on with her, please check out our Patreon and you will see that case because... It is a humdinger, a humdinger. Wow. But so is today's case. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do my very best to give you the basics of this story without revealing this person's identity. Mm -hmm. So this is a famous person who was an entertainer. Uh, an American entertainer. They were born on April 8th, 1994. And they were very well known for, uh, no, I'm sorry, that is wrong. That's when they died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they died on April 8th, 1994. My okay. apologies. Sorry, you guys, I have two cases in my brain right now. Okay. So this person was a, was a very popular um, in 80s, in, in rock in the 90s. Okay. Which is why I didn't want to give you information, too much information. Um, this person used to say all the time that they had terrible, terrible stomach pain. And that there were times that the pain in their stomach was so bad that it made them want to end their life. Um, this person had an alcohol problem and lots of other um, hard drugs. So in March, so this person died in April. In March, this person was traveling for uh, their work and had an accidental overdose in Rome and it was a it was like a mixing mixing alcohol and um like painkillers kind of accidental overdose remember that because that's important later so they came home 
after that. And this person had really developed quite a problem with heroin. So wait, when in Rome, mm-hmm. when in Rome, I didn't do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there was a hospital stay. They were there for a while. They were hospitalized briefly. Um, and, and it was determined that it was in fact, in fact, an accidental just, um, they said that this person had, was very fatigued from working too much and also had the flu. And so they oh. just didn't feel good, took too okay. much. So accidental. Mm-hmm. So they come home from Rome. He and his family come home from Rome. Their family. I gave something away. It's a ban. There you go. Uh, at the end of March, this is in the end of March, 94. And this person decides to go to rehab because the accidental overdose really scared them. Mm-hmm. And they thought, you know, maybe I'm really, you know, screwing up here. So they checked themselves into a rehab. They lasted two days before they scaled a six-foot wall and left the rehab. Ooh, addiction's a bitch. Okay. Yeah. So then they're missing for six days. Family can't find them. Nobody can find them. They don't, nobody. And and this is a very wealthy person who has multiple homes and, mm-hmm. you know, no, multiple places they could be and also kind of unlimited resources. But family members cannot find this person. And uh, people are getting really, really worried. Mm-hmm. And he's not, you know, responding to anything. And of course, this is in the mid 90s. So there's no cell phones. You know, mm-hmm. this is um, like calling around to all the houses and all the friends that, that they could be at and still not right. finding anything. So on the 8th of April, this person's body is found in a room above the garage of one of their houses. And they're found accidentally by an electrician that had been um, already scheduled to come and install some lighting. Okay. And they saw this person, um, you know, laying down and they initially thought they were asleep till they saw blood oozing from their ear. So the electrician also found what was deemed to be a suicide note. And this person had a shotgun that they had purchased just before they went into rehab, mm-hmm. laying on their chest. Oh. And so basically the assumption was made pretty much immediately that this was a suicide. Sure. Uh The gun had been purchased because there'd been one of this person's homes had been burglarized. And so they had bought the, it was a 22, um, it was a 20 gauge shotgun. Okay. And they'd bought it as a like protection, home protection. Mm-hmm. And they had bought some shells for it too. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of assumptions made about, you know, they went to rehab, they bought a gun, they bought shells, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This person had also, you know, because of the pain in their stomach, which turned out to be IBS, and they did eventually get treatment for it not long before they passed away. 
Mm -hmm. um, they did also observe that this person had been using heroin prior to their death. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Do you feel like you have enough information? Well, the question, here's the question. Right. Was this really a suicide? Right. Because there's some questions about that. So I want you to be able to answer that question before right. I tell you who we're talking about and get into the rest of the story. Okay. No, it was not a suicide. Okay. Okay. Let's take a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you who I'm talking about and the whole rest of the story. We can talk about it. I just, when I tell you who it is, you're going to understand why I did mm -hmm. that. So we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back with our mystery read in which uh, I asked Katie, this is a very famous death, and I gave no information about who I'm talking about, just the very, very um, bare bones details of what happened. And I asked Katie whether or not this was a suicide, because it appeared very much like one. The police immediately, you know, it was deemed one very quickly. And you said... No, no, I don't believe it was a suicide. Okay, so now we can talk about the rest of the case and, and you can give us some more details. Who I am talking about is Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> I was figuring you probably had figured and this out. I'm surprised out, but... because I never read this case before, but all I ever knew about Kurt Cobain's death is that it was a suicide. Right. Because that's what the press said. And so well, I just always believed that. I'm going to blow your motherfucking mind on this, okay? okay we were 90s kids. I graduated from high school in 94, okay? Yeah. So we were teenagers when mm -hmm. this happened. And so there wasn't a lot, you know, all we knew was what was reported in the news media, right? Well, and the way it was spun by his people, too. Well, I mean, particularly by Courtney Love. Yes. Very much by her. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of things were really blown up after the fact, it turns out. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the uh, accidental overdose that happened in Rome immediately became a suicide attempt when she talked yes. about it after he died. And she said things like he had 50 or 60 pills in his stomach. Not true. Was never true. Mm -hmm. Many things not true. So let me tell you what I learned because I learned some stuff I did not know. When he went missing, Courtney Love hired a private eye. His name is Tom Grant. And he, she was, she hired him to find Kurt because she's all, she says she's all freaked out and, you know, he's missing and she's so worried about him and he struggles with her a lot because she is high 
out of her mind most of the time that they're talking. And so her story changes over and over again. Lots of stuff change. Mm -hmm. So it turns out there's more than one suicide note. Suicide note. Huh. The, the, the notes really were spun. This, the original note was really spun to be a suicide note. What has come out since is that the first note that was written to her while they were in Rome mm-hmm. was basically a letter telling her that he was going to file for divorce, that he was no longer happy in their marriage, and that he did not uh, want to be married to her anymore. But it's kind of vague. It says things like, this just isn't fun for me anymore, and mm-hmm. I want to be done. And so there were several things in both notes that were taken to, you know, immediately just taken to mean suicide. Let's yeah. see. I was going to find some of the others I wanted to tell you about. Oh, uh-huh. sorry. I have so much stuff on this. Um, so he, sorry, why can I not see where this was? There was a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. First of all, you know, he was a very heavily, heavy heroin user. Yeah. He had three times the lethal dose of heroin in his system and Uh it was injected. Um, it was like at least 10 times of what would kill somebody who is not a heavy user. Yeah. And one of the things that the medical examiner said, and that various people that have looked at this case after the fact is that would have knocked him out unconscious immediately. Mm -hmm. And there is no way that he could have shot himself with a shotgun. Okay. Here's the other thing. If you're going to kill yourself, and you give yourself a lethal lethal dose of heroin, why do you also then shoot yourself? Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Why would you just do one or the other? Yeah. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Also, the physical logistics of how he would have had to hold the gun. He, he, um, you know what cadaveric spasm is? Like if you have your hand around something when you die, then you just grip it really tight. So he had a cadaveric spasm around the barrel of the gun. So you could see at what angle the gun was when the trigger was pulled. And you can see at what angle his body was when the trigger was pulled. None of it lines up. Like It just doesn't line up. But nobody really looked at this. It was just kind of, oh, he's a rock star. He's a heroin addict. He used to always talk about killing himself. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy, right? Right. Well, Wrong. and his fans went for it. Like his fans did go for his it. Fans went for it, and some of them killed themselves because of it. There are about sixty-eight suicides attributed oh. to Kurt Cobain. My God, isn't that you terrible? Know, I don't think it's just Courtney Love that he wanted to be done with. I think he wanted to be done with Nirvana. Done with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. He did. He the intent done. when you when you see the other notes and hear what this um what this uh, investigator has to say is that the intent was he was getting a divorce and he was leaving his band. That's what he was leaving. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to die. He didn't want to die. No, he was just worn out, and he was. I think he really knew he needed to leave the scene. You know, and the problem with the rehab. I mean, yeah, he was. You know, he was not ready for rehab. The problem with the rehab though, is that it was the wrong place. 
and people knew he was there and he yeah. needed to be like in another country completely away from right everything that he knew or that knew him but uh he and wasn't he really pulling his own strings yeah yeah he needed to cut these ties first mm -hmm. um one really important note is that um he had a prenup with Courtney Love that would have left her with almost nothing. Uh -huh. uh, there were real concerns there. So let's see. I just want to tell you some of the anomalies that were found in the Cobain, in this um, this report that comes from this investigator. So mm -hmm. this investigator was initially hired to find Kurt. Sure. And then he was basically just hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock with Courtney Love, with um his with uh Kurt's best friend Dylan, mm -hmm. with um Callie, who was their live-in nanny that lived in the house in um where where he died. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all just kind of working this uh, private investigator, and it pissed mm -hmm. him off. Once Kurt's body was found, and his was found at a house that the investigator had already been there with best friend Dylan to search that house, mm -hmm. but he didn't know about the room above the garage because Dylan mm -hmm. didn't take him there. Yeah, and a lot of people believe it's because Dylan already knew he was dead, knew he was up there. Mm -hmm. Because they'd been there to search the house, and then the next day is when um, his body was found by the electrician. Mm -hmm. So this investigator basically said, screw you guys. I'm going to investigate his death mm -hmm. because something's going on here. He tried to talk to the police. Good for him. Yeah. He tried, he's tried repeatedly to talk to the Seattle police, and they just mm -hmm. they don't have anything to do with it. There was a lot of... There are a lot of um, allegations of corruption and of just not taking this seriously and basically just being like, oh, he's a rocker with a drug problem. Of course, he killed himself. You know, that's just basically right. the attitude. But here are some of the things that Tom Grant has found ar around this case. Um, let's see. So with the amount of heroin in his system, there was no way he would have been physically capable of pulling the trigger on that gun. Mm -hmm. Not even a little bit possible. Mm -hmm. um, well, and then, of course, again, the obvious question of why shoot yourself? Right. Yeah. Why? What was yeah. the point of that? Yeah. Let's see. Um, the gun was actually not purchased when they originally said it was. So the gun was purchased prior to going into rehab. And he very specifically said, um, I'm, he took his friend Dylan with him. He had had some guns confiscated by the Seattle police. Okay. So his, his friend Dylan is actually who bought the gun. That's whose name the gun was in. Mm -hmm. And he bought it for him because he felt like he needed something to protect their property because they had had a burglar. Uh -huh. And so there was a very specific plan for that gun. It was not after, there's a lot of stuff being said that it was after he went to rehab that he bought the gun. It's not true. It was before. Mm -hmm. 
And so it it seemed to show intent for suicide, but really it didn't. No. It didn't. Here are some other things. Uh, you know, we what we didn't know um at the time is that Courtney already knew that Kurt wanted a divorce. Mm-hmm. And she had actually asked one of her own attorneys prior to his death to get her the meanest, most vicious divorce lawyer she could find. Wow. So it was a known thing. She had told people. Mm -hmm. During the time that he was missing, somebody was using his credit card. Now, his wife said that he only carried one card. And so if he didn't have it on him, he didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. So in the time from April 2nd to April 8th, in that time frame when he was missing, someone else was using his credit card. And as soon as his body was found, no more purchases on the card. Huh. They don't know because it was never investigated who was using the card, mm-hmm. but somebody was. Yeah. Let's see. So the shotgun, I already mentioned that. There was no actual suicide note. There was a note, and it mostly talks about his love of music, and it was actually written geared toward his fans, telling them why he was quitting the music business. Mm -hmm. At the bottom of the note, in slightly different handwriting... There is a message to his wife and daughter basically saying, I'm sorry and goodbye and that I'm going to kill myself. But it's not even written in the same handwriting. Like it was Mm -hmm. added. The the note about quitting music was written by him and then someone added the other part. Yeah. Pretty clearly. Uh, There was another note that Courtney had. Um that she didn't tell anybody about. And it was the note that said that he was leaving her. It did not say he was leaving the planet. It said he was leaving her. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's the heroin, you know, there's just no way that he could have pulled the trigger on the gun after not only that, but not very long ago, they finally, the Seattle police finally released some crime scene photos and they had never been released. Mm-hmm. They'd actually, at one point, they had told this private investigator that they had never even been developed because it was a suicide. And they don't develop the crime scene photos on a suicide because it's not a crime scene, right? So that's happening some, way too much. Yeah. Finally, some photos are released. And the photos basically show this heroin kit and everything has been all fixed up and put back in. There's not like needles and the, you know, the tube thing and all Mm -hmm. that stuff like laying around. No, it's all put neatly back in the box. He would have had a needle in his arm. Right. You you shoot up that amount of heroin and you can put all your stuff back first. No, 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 definitely not. Um, Uh, the doctor, you know, when they looked at the the medical examiner, when they looked at the um, the levels of morphine in his blood, which is what heroin becomes, 
um, there's no way that he would have been just almost immediately incapacitated. He couldn't even have picked yeah. up the gun to pull no. the trigger. No. And then, of course, why would he have also shot himself? <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, he, um, it was reported in the media that he had barricaded himself in the room. And from the crime scene photos, that's clearly not true. There was this stool sort of close to the doors, mm -hmm. but you could have gone in or out. There was no, yeah. nothing stopping you. That It was reported that there was a stool wedged against the door. Mm -hmm. It was actually just sitting in front of a couple of doors. Mm -hmm. It was also said that when it first happened that he had left his driver's license out so that he could be identified and that people had reported that the damage to his face was so severe from the gunshot that uh, the only way that they did identify him was through fingerprints and that he left his driver's license out so that people could, so that the, basically the police could identify who he was. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are not true. First of all, um, the damage was not really to his face. Mm -hmm. It was more to the back of his head. So he was identifiable. Mm -hmm. Secondly, his wallet was sitting next to his heroin kit. A police officer pulled his driver's license out and sat it on top of his wallet to take a picture of it. Mm -hmm. And when people saw it that way, it was this assumption he'd left it out so they could identify him. That's not true. Not true. No. At all. Uh, let's see. Um, there's really no forensic evidence that actually proves it's a suicide. Did they, um, they probably didn't do GSR on him. I can't remember. I think they did, but the gun was in his hand. Like it right. was like he was holding it while someone else fired it is, right. is the way that it, it appears. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this was a real bombshell for me. I mean, I've heard whisperings here and there, but I had never, I watched a documentary today that really laid all of this out. And I was like, Holy crap. Kurt Cobain did not kill himself. Yeah. So I wanted to get a clean read from you mm -hmm. on it because I was just, whoa. I mean, There's so obviously the PI thinks that that perhaps his wife had something to do with it and perhaps his best friend perhaps, and that, that there, there were a few people kind of, involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that the PI said was that everybody in their lives was dependent upon Courtney for money. Mm-hmm. That everybody that, you know, sort of the, the best friend, the nanny, all of their mm -hmm. kind of groupies that followed them around and helped them. Mm -hmm. She was the one who would pay them. She was the one who made sure that they had what they needed. And so it was, he felt that, you know, they would go along with her because they needed the money. Um, Dylan got his rent paid by her for many years after Cobain died. Wow. And his estate is worth somewhere around a billion dollars in sure. future royalties. Yeah. And so we're talking big money. Mm -hmm. So no one's ever really been officially accused or charged or anything. Yellow. Well, right. That's annoying. Dang it. Well, that's okay. You can finish her up. Let's only do this tonight, considering. Okay. Yeah, considering we don't want. Okay. 
Uh, I'll just start back with the FBI file thing then. Okay. Yeah. So one really interesting thing is that recently the FBI released Cobain, Kurt Cobain's FBI file. Mm-hmm. And that file is full of letters from people begging the FBI to investigate his death as a homicide. Wow. Now, their response always is, well, you know, we don't really investigate homicides, you know, unless we're like asked to. And, you know, this is more of a local police department kind of thing. And, you know, right. the, the local police department has kind of been like, we didn't do anything wrong. Screw you guys, you know. Oh, yeah. um, although Seattle, uh, and I think this was a couple of years ago, got a new police chief to really clean up um, corruption and basically just lazy practices and stuff. So I don't know if we'll ever see a real homicide investigation of his murder. I'm afraid at this point that there's so much evidence lost. I don't know what they could ever really prove other than, you know, they can't actually prove it was a suicide. Right. So... I mean, they could at least dial that back for the sake yeah. of his daughter, you right. know? They could. And at least say, you know, a known something, you know? Right. So that people, because, I mean, the, a whole generation of Nirvana fans, our age and younger, you know, are were, this was a shocking mm-hmm. thing. I think this was the first, like, public figure that I knew of growing up mm-hmm. who had who had killed themselves. It was very shocking. I remember, like, we had to have a big talk at my high school about it, you know. And Oh, yeah. People were really worried about this mm-hmm. was when, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit was a big song, you know. And like, Right, yeah. Um, well, and, you know, there were a bunch of copycats. And so yeah. worried yeah. for good reason. Yeah. I think around 68 that have been actually attributed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be really good to know the truth of this. Yeah. But there's certainly enough information out there to go, mm, we should probably look at this again. Yeah. But thank you for your read on it. I really wanted a very cold read from you because mm-hmm. I felt like I was so skewed by what I watched in this documentary that I was like, oh, he was murdered. But I wanted Me too. to. And the whole time you're talking, I'm going, this is Kurt Cobain. This has to be Kurt Cobain. But <clears throat> anyway, yeah, well, me too. And I'm glad you did it that way because sure. I mean, his death happened when I was a teenager. I wouldn't have read it. I, so I haven't read it just goes to show what, uh, you know, the powerful influence of the media and what you hear and how it imprints and forms your opinions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, um, you know, and especially back in the nineties, we weren't like looking it up on the internet, you know, this was like, no television news is what we were what yeah. we were witnessing. Well, and obviously people who wanted it to be called a suicide mm-hmm. were putting the right information out there to support right. that narrative. And that's all. That's what it was. Yeah. That's all it was. I also found it really interesting that he had IBS and that's where all the stomach uh, pain came from. And when he talked about, you know, wishing that he could just not live anymore, he was in a huge amount of pain yeah. from a really serious autoimmune disease mm-hmm. that when it was finally diagnosed and it was only diagnosed a year or two before he died, mm-hmm. but once he was being treated, then he wasn't in pain anymore. And it was like saying that he was actively suicidal at the time that he died really wasn't true. 
Right. He had been before or had at least said those things, yeah. but it really was mostly around that stomach pain. Yeah. Hmm. So, interesting. It sad. Yeah. It is. It's really sad. It's also very interesting to go back and look at things like this that happened when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. to me, now looking back at things like this as an adult, I see it so much differently. Yeah. You know? And of course, there's we have so much more access to information. Mm -hmm. But if you read all of the mainstream, like um, Wikipedia and like all of the mainstream um, articles and stuff about his death, they all just mm -hmm. pair the same information. Right. And when you go back and you look at this PI's information, they're wrong about a bunch of things that he has proven are not true. Mm -hmm. but that stuff is just, it's, it's just being regurgitated, you know, even from that long ago, when yeah. you look at it, like every story is just kind of the same stuff over and over again. That is the plight of a true crime podcaster, you know, isn't it? Because it's our policy that any case that we do, we have at least three sources, you know, to make sure that we're not just parroting back. And yeah. sometimes that it's really hard to get. Yeah. that aren't just a cookie cutter of each other. Yeah, it's right. crazy how often one article obviously was just written based on the, you know, the, the parent article and everything just, you know, like little filters sure. just falls into line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very much how the information about Kurt Cobain is. Mm -hmm. Unless you watch this documentary and, you know, go look up this. this so the website for... um this PI is uh, CobainCase.com, and this is Tom Grant, mm -hmm. and he's the guy who quite literally was hired to find him when he was supposedly missing. Mm -hmm. So there's some really good information there. It's very much worth watching the documentary and looking at the the website, and I will be that those will be in the in the notes for the show. Um, so whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on a podcast, the information will be there in the show yeah. description so that you can uh, go check it out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is our Tuesday show. So yeah. we do have another show coming out on Wednesday. And then we do have our live stream on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Cool. It's our case updates. Yes. And our live stream on Thursday at 7 p.m., which is the Psychic Hour, where we kind of yes. spin off out of true crime and into the psychic work that we do. So mm -hmm. we have lots more coming up. We do. Big week. Oh, and watch for. Oh, no. Am I going to say her name wrong now? Hang on. <laughs> uh, you know how when you're trying to memorize a name and then that's the thing you cannot remember? Mm-hmm. It's um, it's Beata Chapa, and you wouldn't think it's Chapa because her first her last name starts with a Z, but how oh. I heard it and watched lots and lots of news reports and stuff of people who clearly have the right accent, you know, okay. like not that I do, but Beata Chapa is her name, okay. and she is a neo-Nazi serial killer. That was functioning in a group of three people um, from mm -hmm. 2000 to 2007. And I'm going to tell her story in a Patreon case. So mm -hmm. come join us over on Patreon and you can check that out. Because it is a, it is a, 
to quote our dad and grandma, a barn burner and also a humdinger. Wow. Well, it's very interesting. A double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, Katie, thank you so much for that. You I bet. really appreciate that validation. And you guys know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank you.